This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Independence Village and Leilani Asian Fusion. Hello and welcome to Dana Being Dana. That's me and I'm thrilled you're with us. My show is about all different aspects of the human connection, things that bring us together and living life intentionally. As young children, we believe our parents are superheroes who will live forever. As we grow and generations shift, we appreciate the humanity of our parents as they age. The baby boomer generation, those born between 1946 to 1964, make up over 20% of the nation's population, and more than two-fifths of baby boomers have no retirement savings. As a result, their children, mostly of Gen X and Gen Y generations, or those born between 1965 and 1996, are now serving as caregivers for their parents. And that transition, both planned and unplanned, can be impactful to all parties involved. After my father passed in 2011, I have served as a caregiver for my mother for 14 years. Joining me now are two friends of mine who have also been caregivers for their mothers. Kenya, thank you so much for joining me. You're an attorney. I am. And you're also a caregiver for your mother. How long have you been a caregiver? Since 2011. Uh, I've been, actually today is my anniversary of practicing 13 years, uh -huh. and um, I've been a caregiver for 12 years. Wow. Vast majority of your practice, yeah. you've been taking care of your mother. Yes. Um, and at first, in 2011, it was just, you know, a, a diagnosis, a diabetes diagnosis, and making some adjustments. And she was fine, you know, still very independent, uh, able to go to doctor's appointments, uh, take herself back and forth to the grocery stores things like that. She was still able to do, but as years have progressed, you know, her um, health has deteriorated. And so... It's a lot of responsibility and a lot to juggle yes. with work and caring for your mother. It is. Karen, you're an executive director. Yeah. Um, and how long were you a caregiver for your mother? Seven years. Yeah, seven years. But I was very fortunate during that time um, to have found, you know, just tremendous, tremendous caregivers that were in the house with her day to day and I was more of managing her care. Um, you know, the balance in, in addition to my role at work and in the community, um, making sure that everything she needed, she had, as well as taking care of our caregiver's schedules and yeah. things like that. And what was her diagnosis? Uh, she was diagnosed with, with Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. yeah. When did you both first notice changes in your mom? Well, actually, uh, I had a funny conversation with actually was one of my aunts, um, and she said, "You need to go to your doctor's appointment, your mother's doctor's appointments." And I said, "Why?" And she was trying. To, my mother was trying to convince everybody that the doctors had said that she didn't need to exercise. I said, "I know no doctor that says that." Because you don't need to exercise. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't right. Need to exercise. Fake so news. I said. Okay, I said, so now I'm going to your doctor's appointments. And so I started going to our doctor's appointments and, and um, becoming more involved in what was going on with her and trying to pay attention to what she needed to, to, uh, to do to take care of herself better. And around that time, shortly after that, she started having back issues. Uh, so she had a couple back surgeries, one in 2013 and one in 2016. And one in 2016. Um, uh, had a lot of side effects and wow. affected her ability to be able to walk. She was in the hospital that year, probably almost between 10 and 12 weeks. Oh um, so, um, 
Yeah, that was that was that was challenging because yeah. my practice was extremely busy yeah. at that time, and I'm you know I had to put in there after she left the hospital, she went to an acute care. I've had to become Attorney Jones a few times. Attorney Jones, I hear you. <laughs> you both have talked about the roles of, of mother and daughter daughter changing. Mm. What was that like for you? Oh, it, I'll let you take this one. <laughs> It, it became more intense. Uh, it wasn't so bad when we were not living together. And when she started living with me, it's, it's a like, it's a big change. It's because a big it's change from your me. house. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and uh, trying to make sure that she's doing the things that she's supposed to do while I'm away, you know, at work. And um, there are times that, you know, she was trying to, to mother me. And I'm in my late 40s at this point. Right. And I said, Mom, I said, okay. So we had to sit down, we had to talk, and, um, and now she really does not um, fight me on a lot of things right. now because she's recognizing that she needs help and that she can't do it by herself. And that has probably been um, the most challenging yeah. Yeah. Uh, part of it because you, as you entered, you know, uh, mentioned earlier, it's, it's your, your, your mother is your superhero. Yeah. Uh, that she used to get on roller coasters with me, yeah. okay? And to now see her uh, needing assistance mm -hmm. uh, uh, to walk, just everyday yeah. stuff, and it just... They change so much. It, it does. So it's a lot much. of change. Karen? A lot of change. Boy, yeah, I could come at this from a couple of different angles, but I, I really feel like the the dynamic that you have with your loved one, your parent going into a situation like this is a foundation of, you know, those first few months, years, whatever it's going to be. And, you know, in our case, you know, we were always sort of, you know, very close, but still oil and water. That was the pattern. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're in a situation where you're trying to care for someone with Alzheimer's and they have these memory issues and things are failing and, and, you know, I'm looking at it like a, a normal person like, um, why, why do we have all this, you know, right. nine day old food here? Right. Do we think this is a problem? You know, but they're and she, forgetting some of those days. Well, uh, well, right. And again, as you're, everyone's adjusting to what's happening. So just, there was just constant battling, constant, constant battling. And, uh, honestly never, she, my mom never, um, accepted the diagnosis of mm -hmm. Alzheimer's, which made everything um, so much more challenging. Never got the opportunity to get her on any kind of medication. You know, um, we are very fortunate that we were able to keep her in her home till the end. Till the she end. was able to pass away in her home, which is what she had always wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, her whole life, as many people do. So that was that was good. But it was it's just a challenging dynamic when you know that they need to be doing X and. They want to do why, <laughs> and they're used to being able to do why whenever yeah. they like. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. So, as you're adjusting to the disease as well, which took me honestly years of you know learning how to step back and no longer argue or push or challenge and just get into the same headspace. Mm -hmm. And again, all the blogs, all the all the resources will tell you that with Alzheimer's, just meet them where they are. Yeah. And once we crossed that bridge, boy, things were a lot easier, you know, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Talk about your sibling involvement, because you both have siblings, mm -hmm. and oftentimes this falls on one primary, primary child, and I don't know if that was you or is you, 
Um, but can you talk a little bit about that in your experience of caregiving? So I am the only girl. So that's that dynamic. Those daughters <laughs> take care that's, of their parents. Exactly. And it's, you know, it was kind of assumed. It's not something I really got a chance to make a choice about. It was kind of assumed that, okay, Kenya, you know, if mom gets sick, and my parents were divorced, so that wasn't, you know, one of the things I was going to have to worry about. I knew mom was going to be part of my responsibility at some yeah. point, and ultimately it has. And I, that's how I ended up becoming primary caregiver. And then the other thing, she has been adamant. She said, well, the boys don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the boys don't know what to do. So, and so that, you know, that responsibility um, has fallen on me. And, and it's not, you know, I, I, it's not one that I, I do grudgingly. Um, sometimes it's hard. Um, but my, my siblings um, have, are involved. Uh, my oldest brother lives in Chicago, so mm -hmm. when I need a break, I, I call and say, hey, mm -hmm. or if it's an appointment or something I can't make, I'm like, I, I need you backup delegate. today. I delegate. I'm like, I need backup. And then my youngest brother um, has helped in the past where um, I needed her to be gone for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he's provided that, um, that two-week break for me. That's good. So That's good. Um, I want to ask you um, about self-care. Who takes care of the caretaker? Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, for me, honestly, it, 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 it was my sister. You know, the, the two of us, and um, she lives uh, in, in Michigan. So, you know, it just made most sense. She has three children and her own job. So day-to-day, -day, I was the person, but day-to-day, -day she was there for me. So I had a, just a tremendous supportive outlet when I was, you know, just going through these just unbelievable, challenging days, nights, I, I weeks, think that's months. so important. Because it really is. There's it a really lot of focus, is. you know, on the patient, mm -hmm. as it should be. We mm -hmm. understand that, but it takes a toll, you know, when you have to, you know, stop work, you know, adjust other things in your life. You may not be taking care of yourself adequately. Well, and it's not just stop work. I mean, we were talking about this earlier, but yeah. I mean, when you're the person. Executive no director, one, the when lawyer. The, when right? there's no other per, I, the well, person, well, for the teacher, for your mother, right? Or for, when you're the person, and who's with her at that time, that caregiver, you know, they're also tremendous individuals and people with families and children and all sorts of life things that are happening to them as well. So, you know, if 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 one of them goes down because of their own illness or a child or whatever, and they say, you know, hey. Um, I have to leave. Yeah. Oh, okay. When? Now. Right. You know. Yeah. You just you you just pick up the bag and you you yeah. you you flee wherever you are. And yeah. so, when you're when you're in this role of this primary caregiver, you you're you're doing your best to serve all. Mm -hmm. But boy, the person who needs you the most is is your 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 mother, your patient, yeah. The, yeah. the patient, and yeah. and when they need you, you go. And doesn't matter time. It doesn't matter what what you're doing, who you're doing it for. Right. They right. rely on you to be there, and so it's a you're living in a constant state of, um, you know, flight or fight, which can cause so much stress and anxiety. You are correct. What advice do you have for those out there who are concerned about their parents, who may be starting on this journey knowingly or unknowingly? Call me. No. <laughs> But I, 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 I joke, but it's talking, talking yeah. with others, right? It's two-pronged for me because I am an attorney. One of the things I had to get done at, as of, as in 2016, 
uh, she was going in for another surgery, and I had to make sure all her documents were in order. Your paperwork uh, in order. I had to power of attorney, health care directive, a will. I had to get all those things together. And, of course, I have my village, our, our attorneys. Mm -hmm. So I have friends that say, hey, I, this is what I need. Can you get this done for me? So that was helpful. So I would say get that done because it's nothing worse than you, you know, if something happens to your, your mother, your father, whoever, you know, you need a power of attorney. And they can't do anything at that point because they're incapacitated. Yeah. So that, the first thing. Um, and then the second, you just um, have a meeting, have a conversation with your siblings yeah. and, and figure out a plan. And then you, you need to talk to your, if it's your mother, you, you talk to your parent and say, all right, what is it that you want done? Yeah. How do you want it done? Uh, sometimes you can have to meet in the middle because sometimes there, you know, she was adamant, I can do this, I can, I can take care of myself, and I was like, no, not, no, <laughs> not <laughs> no, no, not, not, not today, right, not today, and so it's, and sometimes it's negotiation, mm -hmm. um, and so you need to have those conversations while they are lucid, um, yeah. understand, you know, at where where they are, and and then also be understanding and caring about what they want. Um, you just can't go um, and just and be a dictator about yeah. it. No. It doesn't yeah. work. No. It doesn't work, especially if they're still very lucid. In our yeah. case, my mom see seemingly was, you know, this is, this is not happening to me, but she knew something was happening. Right. Right. And there was just that constant pushback. So I totally agree with you about the... Um, um, taking care of the finances and all right. of all of that right. is crucially important. Right. We had a lot with my mom where she she felt like giving that control up was an indicator that she was then going mm -hmm. to accept that this was actually happening. Mm -hmm. And we were getting into some really, really tough waters in the fact that we had to release some of that money to be able to pay for the care to keep her in her home. Right. And so we were finally that 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 all happened and things got a little bit easier after mm -hmm. that point. But again, looking back, had we been able to have those conversations two or even three years earlier, so many things would have yeah. been smoother for for her. And I just that's a regret. I just wish that she could have understood that and trusted my sister and I that we were absolutely acting in her best interest. Right. But you, you just don't know that the navigation of those waters is so much easier when you have people to talk to about mm -hmm. it. Um, and your, your place of employment too, like you know, your employer, have the conversation to say, look, this is happening in my family. Right. And boy, I'll tell you what, um, where I work, Power Forward DuPage, they could not have been more supportive. Um, and my, my contractor base, Nika and IBEW, um, they just were like, this is family, and we yeah. trust that you're getting done what you need to get done, but know that you know, we're with you and we support you, and for that just really makes all the difference, truly. Great advice about support, getting your affairs in order, and having those tough conversations. Kudos to you both for being incredibly dynamic women, daughters who have stepped up in the care for your mother. It's not easy. And it's hard, and it's it's a thankless job, you know. And you see so many things as the caregiver that other people just don't see. Mm -hmm. You know, you've known your your mother for your entire life, so you can tell those changes that they can hide from other people fairly mm -hmm. well. So, mm -hmm. 
I appreciate you. I adore you. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Thank you for having Thank you, us. We are talking about elder care on Dana Being Dana. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Come see the difference family makes. Our residents are actively engaged, meeting new friends, enjoying life to the fullest. Generational, award-winning service for over 40 years. We do not lose our independence. We still get to live our life the way we wish. This is our family caring for yours. We love living at Independence Village. Why don't you come join us? Make your life more comfortable, secure, and enjoyable. Independence Village, award-winning, family-owned, lifetime rates guaranteed, and pet-friendly. This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Independence Village and Leilani Asian Fusion. Welcome back to Dana Being Dana, where we are talking about elder care. I'm joined now by friends of mine who are experts in this space, and they also have personal experiences. The ladies in the first segment talked about the gradual changes in their mothers. Is it any harder when a parent has a drastic health change? Dana, that's such a great question, and um, I was really fortunate to be a part of Karen's journey with her mom. And so seeing that happen versus some of our clients in the home care space where there is something, sometimes we say one fall does it all, wow. I would actually have to say I think it's harder when it's over time because mm -hmm. one fall does it all, all of a sudden you're in the commotion and you have to make quick decisions versus sometimes procrastinating or doubting your intuition or um, not putting plans in place where when one fall does it all, yeah. or a stroke or yeah. some major surgery, you then have to put things in place. Mm -hmm. Not that it's perfect though, but you have to put it in place. Right, right. I agree. Uh, I think it puts pressure on family, whether it be the seniors, the spouse, or the siblings, that often that traumatic event is often the focus of why they finally decided to make a move. In my case, I work with a lot of individuals. We tour places, and then often it just stops. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think when you're, when you're navigating that space from a place of panic, you're not making the most clear and concise decisions. There's nothing wrong with having a plan in place. It doesn't mean you're giving up hope. It's meaning that you have a stepping stone for what's coming around yeah. the corner. Yeah, you plan for a fire, right? another disaster. Um, all of you have made careers in this space, in elder care. Can you briefly tell us about what you do? Uh, so as a community, we house and home seniors, making sure that they live their best day with all the support services in place. We provide their meals, we provide their housekeeping, access to activities of daily living so their care needs are met, and making sure that we're different and always serving them. And the name of your? Independence Village. Fantastic, it's awesome. Helen? Owner of Oasis Senior Advisors, my wife and I help people find independent living assisted in memory. So for example, we'll bring people to Independence Village. And, uh, but then in addition to that, I work the entire spectrum. So if somebody is not interested in assisted living, talk about 
adult day services, in-home care, all the way to skilled nursing. Wow, that's great. You do the, the whole gamut. The whole, the whole thing, range. yeah. Which, which is important because that you never know what a family's gonna need. Um, I am the administrator at Home Watch Caregivers in Naperville, and prior to that, I was a hospital administrator. So I always wanted to help people and just realized in my own life as I was aging, it was my parents and my parents, my friends' parents that needed help. And so I just felt like it was a calling to really help them yeah. in their homes. Yeah. What goes into choosing the right resources for yourself or for your parent? That's a great question. Um, I guess I look at myself as being that resource because often when people call me, the first thing they say is, Alan, we don't know where to get started. Yep. So initially when we opened this business, it was strictly about independent living, assisted in memory. That's how I get reimbursed. But when people didn't want that, I needed to become more informed about the other options out there from one end of the spectrum to the other. So I guess I would classify myself as I am that resource. You can talk to me, my services are free, and even if it doesn't benefit me, I'm gonna guide you to other professionals that I partner and work with and trust. You know, it, it's funny, you know, you grow up and you're like, you know, I'm gonna graduate high school and I might go to college and I might get married and I might have kids, but no one ever says, I'm gonna be taking care of my adult parents. Yep. And so I think, you know, what Alan mentioned about having those resources, it's like almost any other step of that journey, people are giving you information. And when you're the adult child having to take care of your parents, no one's handing you that information. Yeah. You do have to go out and seek it. And, uh, you know, I agree, Alan, what he does is just a great resource for families. And I think it is really important, too, because we don't want to have to do it in a crisis. We do want to have a plan for our family is look for other resources too that are not just where you're going to live. It may be that your, your parents now don't have a lot of income, but they might qualify for LIHEAP, which helps with electric. They might qualify for low, um, a low price internet. They might qualify for Meals on Wheels. And the reason you want to have some of those things in place is because then it does help their finances last a little longer yeah. so that they can live where they want. Yeah. Um, and so I think the planning does have to start early. When people come to you, what kinds of things are important to the families in deciding on the right care? I think the biggest thing is quality. And how do we give back and serve to our residents? As a family-owned business, we have an unlimited ability to give back to seniors. We can make sure that they're protected by a lifetime rate. They're guaranteed to not have a rate increase. They're guaranteed that we'll always put them first. Um, so that's some of the things that happen in a corporation is things get lost upon you know, shareholders and loans to satisfy. Our seniors will always come first. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think Alan's gonna really be able to tell some really good stories, but just thinking about what Karen said, you know, when you are an adult caregiver and you're juggling kids or, you know, family or your work, you do want not only quality, but you also want someone you can trust, but de dependability. Mm -hmm. You know, Karen mentioned, it's true, a lot of times one-on-one -on -one caregivers in the home also have, you know, their own life emergencies, but you wanna have a good plan and sometimes you know making sure that you work with a group that can provide backup you need a plan b to keep 
to use your word, sanity, right? Yeah. You know, to keep to keep yourself sane, you need to have a plan B. Mm -hmm. Almost like you did with your children, right? You know, you had a backup babysitter or somebody could pick them up if you were running late. You want to have that too. To try to keep some consistency yes. to the extent yes. that you can. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see, a lot of times you have uh, siblings coming to you, um, children of a senior. Do you find that they collaborate well on this issue and in, in agreeing on care for their loved one or parent? I see it both ways. <laughs> okay, There's, of course. Of course, family dynamics. Right. Uh, I've seen situations where there are five siblings and they're all on the same page, which is beautiful. And then there's the flip side where you can have just a couple siblings and maybe one has a financial plan and the other has a different financial plan. So, you know, in my case, trying to offer a solution that brings everybody together, I guess I look at myself at times as um, a mediator in this, more so than the owner of Oasis Senior Advisors. It really is how you talk to people yeah. and how you listen to them and try to take everything in and then come up with a solution. But there are times when a uh, solution doesn't happen until a crisis. Right, right. Well, and we notice where there's often the most tension is when there are not finances in place, you know? And so when I look at myself, you know, being in my 50s and my plan for my future, you know, having a long-term care policy or definitely planning ahead financially is the best give you, gift you can give to your own kids because when there is a financial burden, that's often when the kids are trying to figure out how to balance the finances with what they think their parents want. And that's where it really can go sideways, mm -hmm. where if, if there's a long-term care plan in place or a financial plan in place that just takes so much off of their plate, and then they really can listen and try to meet the needs of their parents. Yeah, yeah. What advice do you have um, for, for children who want the best for their parent, but their parent is so resistant? The senior is so resistant or in denial um, and, and even maybe even on the offense. Um, to the care that, that you're offering or you're recommending? I think the advice is to include them at every single junction. Include them at every step of the way. As soon as we start to step ahead of them and they feel left behind, we become very resistant because we're no longer part of the decision-making yeah. process. As long as that senior is part of the immediate landscape of what's happening, then you can run that race together. Okay. versus trying to run ahead and figure out how to catch everyone up to speed. And that could be the tendency, right? You want to plan, and you may not even have time sometimes for the debate that you know is coming, but preparing for that and, and including them. Anything I think else? it's important to say almost every single person we've taken care of is resistant. Mm -hmm. it, That's important it's important to know. Because you're not I, alone. No, you're not alone. And, and even if you see that Either you know, your family needs so much help from you and you're crushing under the weight of it and so you mm -hmm. want some support or want to change you know, where they live because you need it, you're not alone. I, it, we were just talking at my team meeting today about nobody ever calls and said, I need home care for myself. <laughs> it just really doesn't happen. Now what we do find, we, and I know that came up with... Um, your friends earlier was that a lot of times it's the daughters. And what, mm. what we find is the daughters make themselves the caregiver mm. until it becomes overwhelming. Sons are really good at calling a home care agency 
sooner because they do want to delegate some of that. And so it's just an interesting dynamic. But don't feel alone. Every single family feels some resistance. Yeah. And what typically happens, and I think Alan brought it up, is it may be a health issue or a, a health trauma, but sometimes it's the passing of a spouse that is the change, you know, that happens. Oh. And that's where then sometimes a parent, as much as they still may be resistant, do become a little bit more open to it because they do feel a little bit lost. Yeah, yeah. Especially after a long-term marriage, mm -hmm. I, can, I can only mm -hmm. imagine. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. How can we all be proactive in managing our own care? You've certainly seen a lot of things and have lessons learned. Maybe one day somebody will call and say, hey, I need to get into this home. Um, but but I'd give us some advice you know, that we can take personally and not just thinking about our, our parents, but our, for ourselves as well. Your guest Karen made a comment about talking about, wish we would have talked about this three years earlier. Mm -hmm. That's great and hopefully people will have it, but I will tell you in the last 18 months, I've kind of modified my business message because I have so many seniors like at the recent senior housing event a couple weeks ago, people coming by my table, oh, we don't need you, and they're, they're putting up the big no-show sign, and I would say, well, you don't need me today, but do you have a plan? And that's really how my message has changed. Do you have long-term care insurance? Do you have a plan? What about if you go on Medicaid? Do you have a plan for that? And if they don't, then I'm saying, talk to me. My services are free. Yeah. Let's talk about a plan. Yeah, and it may not be something that they need to do within three, five, seven years, but having a plan makes all the difference. There are some great resources out there, too. Uh, one I refer a lot of families to is um, a guide. It's a caregiving guide by, by AARP. Mm -hmm. And it really is a gentle, it's, oh my gosh, probably 25 pages, but it's a gentle way to start that planning process yeah. with your parents, but you were talking too about us. You know, I joke sometimes that I almost want to write a letter to my future self and say, all right, when my kids say I can't drive anymore, give them the keys. Yeah. Because that is one of the things that really does is a life changer for older people when they're told they no longer have their freedom to drive. Mm -hmm. But just that alone, just me understanding that at this moment, mm -hmm. that when that time comes, don't put my kids in that position because yeah. it's stressful to them it's it stressful is. to it the is. caregiver it is um, and it, it can be stressful for everybody involved which is mm -hmm. true mm -hmm. which is true and take care of yourself the other thing is, is just take care of yourself yeah. do the most you can you know right now when you feel good just try to stay physically active because the other thing we kid about is sometimes care is brought into the home just because somebody has to have their depends changed yeah. and no adult child wants to be changing depends right. so Try to take care of yourself care and make yourself. sure you can handle some of your, your personal things. That's good. Well, I think another thing on top of that, too, is save. Put resources aside for that stage of life. You don't know what you're going to need, how much you're going to need it, and when you're going to need it. Put resources aside and prepare for that day that comes. Yeah, that's great advice. The sandwich generation are those individuals who are raising children and may also be in the height of their careers while also caring for aging parents. Major health changes for anyone can be impactful to all who love them. Know that you are not alone in finding and selecting the right resources for you or for your loved one. Proper planning now can make a world of a difference later. Thank you to all of my guests for joining me 
for this very important discussion of sharing your stories and expert advice. Special thanks to our incredible sponsors. Hopefully you have been entertained, if not encouraged or inspired. I do not promise to be an expert, nor do I have all the answers. I'm just Dana being Dana. See you next time. This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Independence Village and Leilani Asian Fusion.